Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ole Speaks podcast on the Fans First Sports Network. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode 154. And if you want to listen to this episode as well as previous episodes, feel free to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, give us a nice five, five, five star rating and a review. We've got a whole lot of things to talk about today. So let me bring in here Sam Lepresti. Hello, Sam. This is uh, this is very intimate today, Danny. Uh, it feels I feel like we should just have a beer, like yes. you know, yes, to have some beers next to us and just kind of. <laughs> well, this is an audio medium. Maybe we do. It is. It is. Yeah. Oh, they don't know, do they? They don't know. And Sam no. is alluding to that. Sam's the only other one here. <laughs> <laughs> hello 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 yes echo 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 yes, chucks chucks is walking around in costa rica as we speak and sergio's unfortunately dealing with the current state of air travel in both the united states and mexico so he got the double whammy right there so it's just the two of us this week as we await our cohorts to come back so uh where shall we begin samuel i believe uh I believe this is what they call now that the season's over a uh, silly season. So very silly. Yeah. And outside of Max Allegri, not taking the Saudis money, has anything else uh, caught your eye this week? A lot of, yeah. And it hasn't been the, and, and, and it's one that's concerning me actually, which is that there are a lot of, and obviously this is, you know, with the state of the club and the finances and, you know, you can kind of see that there's a blood in the water situation when it comes to the top players. But also, I've been seeing some reports lately of of teams trying to circle in for full transfers of the younger guys. Like, I've been seeing straight transfer rumors for guys like Sule, guys like Miretti, and that worries me a lot. Because if the team decides to try to like raise money to either just balance the books and keep them balanced or to try to make some sort of a transfer market move off the backs of these younger kids, then it shows that they really haven't, the the new board has not learned anything from the old one. <laughs> you know, guys like Sule, Illing Jr., 
Miretti, like these are guys that we're going to need because our finances are going to be messed up for the for the foreseeable future. And the best w- way to load that up, to load up the roster, is to take our good young players and make them good first team players for our team. Yes. And so there's just not a uh, for for me to to see these these rumors of you know guys like Sule, you know who knows if if Sule liking that Allegri outpost on Instagram is the reason that those are starting <laughs> to come out. But Miretti especially because I think you know we all thought that alone might be in the cards for him, but for there to be like straight transfer rumors with clubs like Salernitana and Genoa. Yeah, I think the Genoa one is more, at least from what I've read over the last day or two, it seems more loan than straight sale. And yeah. I, I, I mean, I don't know. I've, I've kind of gone back and forth on a Moretti loan just because, you know, he's, he's played obviously a, a good amount of minutes this past season. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, there's obviously going to be players leaving, most notably in all likelihood, Adrian Rabio. We know Le- Leandro Paredes is very much gone. Uh, mm-hmm. And he can he could take that big salary with him back to Paris for all I care, but you know there there's playing time to be had, and who knows if there's going to be decent replacements coming in, knowing like you said what the financials are like, or if it's really going to be hey, you know, uh, uh, almost like a Nicola Fagioli situation where there's nobody really else to play, and yeah. maybe a young guy can take advantage of said playing mm-hmm. time all of a sudden. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't know. It, it's really kind of like where how beneficial is it to send somebody like Maretti on loan, knowing that he very much needs to improve and needs to play week in week out, but also he's played a good amount of minutes. And what could a loan deal potentially do his confidence? You know, if Juventus's midfield is in this shape, and am I not good enough? I mean, we know we know uh, another Nicolo Ravella is coming back, which thank yeah. goodness. But other than that, it's like where where and I'm obviously this is something we're gonna keep track of as the summer goes on. Where is this financial situation really gonna take this team in terms of acquisitions? Because all of the really signing names that we've heard is contingent on there being money brought in. And there's also very much the elephant in the room of this team needs to generate a certain amount of money and it's been rumored to be upwards of 120 or 120 or 130 million to uh, offset the losses of no champions league. So it's just a mess, man. Yeah, it is. It is. And I've, I also saw one report today that said that they're considering using Dennis Zakaria again. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Cause it's like it, the, the rumor and obviously, I mean, it, it's, it's what you expect in this day and age is that, you know, you post something to Twitter and every, you know, all the aggregators are going to go crazy over right. it. But it's like what Fabrizio Romano on a Friday posts like, Hey, you know, the three players that Juventus are going to sell midfielders midfield wise are Arthur McKinney and Zakaria. And now, like you're saying, all of a sudden it's like, yeah, maybe they yeah. might keep Zakaria. It's like, Maybe they might keep might might keep Sakari, which I mean, you know, if they use him properly, that wouldn't be the bad, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. <laughs> but that that just seems, and also it also tells me that you know the idea of of Miretti going out on loan also tells me, and this is another thing that I find uh, is is a flawed 
thought process, it, it tells me that they are expecting Paul Pogba to be available for more than a handful of games at a time yeah. next year. I mean, that that's also like, like we saw play out this, this past season. Yeah. Your, your biggest name in the midfield doesn't play. You're already down one midfielder for what was it? All but 161 minutes this season. So yeah, something like that. It's, I mean, we, we talked about it. I, I feel like right, right. As the season was getting going here and Pogba was dealing with his injuries. It's like, well, you're basically starting shorthanded from opening kickoff of week one where your, your depth is screwed. And I mean, as much as we loved watching uh, Mr. Beans break out last season, like I said, the only reason that happened really is because everybody else was either suspended or hurt. Yeah. And sometimes that's what you need. I mean, it was the same thing with Miretti. Remember? I mean, yeah. you know, the, his hit two years ago, his, when he, when Allegri, you know, Allegri didn't bring him in two seasons ago until right before the end when everybody, including Danilo, who he had been throwing up in the midfield, was injured. And that's when Miretti start got his first start. It's, it's, you know, it, it's all, it's, it's all nonsense. It, it feels like just so nonsensical, but yeah, you, you've got to have, you've got to have that depth, especially with a guy like Pogba, who like, you have to, you basically have to factor in dead time for him at this point. Yeah. Cause he's just, his, his, his body has not shown you that it can hold up for any significant length of time. Yeah. And uh, we, before we, we get too far into, into things we, we want to say here, or we're recording here on Saturday. So we had one actual piece of news where, where Tottenham yeah. uh, got Juventus some actual money. Uh, although I, I find it very hilarious how it, it goes from Juventus need this X amount of euros, hundreds of millions of euros uh, to offset the books. And then it's like Tottenham is paying 30 million euros for Dayan Kulusevsky over the course of one, two, three, four, five, six fiscal six years. Six financial years. Yeah, that's, so that's great. Not exactly the uh, immediate injection of money like we all thought it was, because I believe it was Tuto Sport on this same day saying, here's 30 million for Dayan Kulusevsky. Go buy yourself Davide Frutesi and Fabiano Parisi. So maybe yeah. not the, uh, you know, <laughs> Giovanni Mana, the... Uh, it, what we assume is the interim sporting director until Cristiano Juntoli gets freed from his shackles in Napoli uh, is, is not exactly being like uh was it Scrooge McDuck and diving into a, uh, into, yeah. a <laughs> into the money bin into the money bin. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it, it really is an interesting summer from that point of view where it's like this, you know, players are going to leave and they're going to have to get awfully creative to, uh, to replace those people. It's amazing how cheap Tottenham is, given how the, the exorbitant <laughs> amounts of money that even the tiniest Premier League teams have. You know, it. it and I, I like the guys who run the SB Nation Tottenham blog. They're very nice. They've been very nice yeah. to me over the past. But it's just funny how, you know, from their end, they're like, yeah, of course, of course, Tottenham wants to save five million. You know, get his get the fee as low as you can. Whereas from our point of view, as Juventus fans, it's like those cheap. What the hell are they doing? It's five yeah. million, and you play in the Premier League. Yeah, and breaking it up the way that they that it is now. I don't know what you know. I I am not familiar enough with the business of accounting to say how whether or not that is or is not a thing that you can like say. Oh well, it doesn't really make for a big financial 
boost this year. Maybe it does based on on you know the way accounting works and uh, what's the word amortization. Amortization. That's it, and yes. all that other stuff. You know, yeah. I, uh, but at the same time, it, it is something, and it's it's money that you can look at in some you know in some ways as as the first of of like you said the the injections of cash that we're going to need this summer and that's you know we say we're going to need one we're going to need to see one big big piece go yeah and my guess is it's going to be vlavich yeah and that that's yeah. obviously something that you know you continue to hear rumblings although from not necessarily reliable sources yeah. on a consistent basis uh you know chelsea might be in there bayern munich has one of, or one of the more one of those not so reliable sources today actually popped one up that that actually got me intrigued, which was uh, the idea that this was Calcio Mercato, yeah, and they said that Chelsea might be uh, might throw Cesare Casade in. Yes, yes, I, I think I think it was Gazetta and uh, somebody else saying that Juventus checked in on the availability of him on loan of of him on yeah loan with an option to buy. Yeah, I would take him. I mean. God, did you see the way he played in the in the under twenties? Yes. Plus, it's always fun to troll Inter. It really is. That is also a very, very because Inter fans are still pissed at that move. But yeah, I I, I just look at I mean when you when you look at the, the the amount of money that needs to be raised. So you've got okay. So and and assume for a minute that the thirty for Kulusevski is in fact like a a thing that you can use the full number of against the big number for what we need. You've got money coming in for him. I assume you're going to get a similar amount of money for Weston McKinney, right? Somebody's going to pay something like that. Yeah. I mean, whether it's EPL or there's there's been at least some smoke that was a Galatasaray might be in, interested as well. So, yeah, I don't I don't know if Wes is going to want to go to Galatasaray, but <laughs> you hope that four or five months at Leeds didn't hurt the stock too much. To yeah. at least, at least from a Premier League point of view, because as we know, you know, whenever a Premier League club comes into the mix, when I, you know, I, I know you've mentioned his name over the last few months, Rasmus Hoyland. It's like, yeah, you yeah. that that makes sense in terms of a potential Vlahovich replacement, and then all of a sudden you see Manchester United might be interested in him for sixty million euros, and it's like, well, there goes, there goes Juventus potentially getting him. Yeah, well, there goes that idea. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Um, you know. He, do you think you'd get anything for Artur? Or do you think that's going to be another loan? Me, per, me personally or in general? <laughs> do, like like in general, do you think or, or would you say would you think that would be another loan with an option to buy? Uh, right? Yeah, I mean it I feel like it depends on as we know in this, you only need one club to bite, right? So Right. And I and I did I saw somebody connect him with Newcastle yeah. uh in the last day or two. You know, Newcastle are heading into the Champions League. They're going to want to be making some some additions this year, which is funny. We were all we were all saying, "Hey, Newcastle, okay, look at Adrian Rabio this time last year," <laughs> and uh, uh, so you you got that. If you sell Zakaria, that's also probably a decent amount. And also, you have to think about not only do you have to think about the the money that you get off of a transfer fee. There's also the money that comes away from wages. Yeah, like our tour is. You know, however much money you get from our tour, you're also removing six and a half million from the wage bill, which also adds up to that number. Yeah. You know, Zakaria is, I think, four, four and a half or something like that. 
so yeah, it's but Vlavic is is obviously the guy that you really look at and go, hmm, there's there's your saleable asset in a year where we actually have to be a selling club. And and you just hope that it stops there in terms of big names. Yeah, it is. You know, the the other rumor that I found unpleasant recently was that was uh, Chiesa asking for a raise and the club being like, well, maybe not. Maybe we'll sell you instead. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. And I mean, that that's the that's the problem with this time of year is that you just don't know what is what yeah. is concrete and what is potentially agents posturing and what is clubs posturing. I mean, it's just and that, what is just people and what is just people writing something that they heard from you know, their father's nephews, cousins, uncles, former roommates, exactly. and then, and putting it up for clicks. Yeah. I mean, un- unfortunately, you know, our, our buddies over at the, at Chiesa di Toti, the Roma blog, you know, they, <laughs> they fell victim in terms of a, a rumor a few days ago where Roma was linked with a loan with option to buy move for Marco Verratti. And it's like, yeah. well, all of a sudden it's like, nope, that's, that's this day and age in Twitter where somebody yeah. can all of a sudden you know, spread a rumor like wildfire and there's absolutely zero behind it. Yeah, that, that is. And, and like you said, that's why they call it silly season. Yes. Um, and it's only gotten worse since the advent of the internet. in that regard. Yes. Although for the next X amount of minutes, we'll be talking about nothing. But rumors. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know, in, in terms of, in terms of the things that make me think, yeah, that'll probably, that, that probably works. That, that probably tracks. I'm thinking uh, the Fabiano Parisi thing. I think that would be, yeah, that 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 that'll probably work. That that'll probably be a thing that'll that might come through. It'll be very interesting to see Andrea, him and Andrea Cambiaso, you know, competing for time at that spot. Yeah, and, and I think if they're gonna make one big move this year, it's gonna be either da, either Fratesi or whoever we have to get to replace Vlavic. And you you, meant, you mentioned Parisi just just a second ago. I wanted to touch on this a little bit. Is that finally Juventus, at least from a rumor mill point of view, they're being linked with fullbacks or and or yeah. wingbacks. And I don't know how many times on this podcast over the the three years of its existence, we have basically been talking about the same group of fullbacks and wingbacks. So how happy are you to see Juventus not only potentially looking at a fullback? But both mm-hmm. fullbacks on the left and the right who can potentially come in, not cost too much. And in one case, in, in Timothy Castagna's case, he's already a pretty decent player to begin with. Yeah, it, uh, it is. It's funny because I've, I've, Juventus Twitter is raging over the Castagna rumors because they're like, you know, what's a journeyman guy that just got relegated from the Premier League doing as a potential starter for Juventus? And I'm thinking, well... You seen the state of Juventus lately? <laughs> <laughs> no, but Castagna is a good player. He knows Serie. He's he played well under under Gasparini at Atalanta. But yeah, I'm I'm very glad because this is a team that that the fullback room has been almost neglected worse than the midfield was for a long time. You know, I remember three four years ago when when Maurizio Sarri was coaching the team. We went into the season with three fullbacks and yes. a Juan Cuadrado that had not yet been fully converted into a fullback that season. We had three fullbacks on the roster, Alexandro, Danilo, and and Matias Deschidio. And that was it. And it's been a really rough time. 
there were you remember a couple of uh games where Blaze Matweedy had to play out there. Yes. Not as bad as I thought it would be out there, but you know. No, no, it wasn't. But yeah, this this is an area of the team that has been in need of such a, a re- bad refresh. And there's in the the WhatsApp that is that encapsulates my uh the chat of my supporters club here in New York. There was some some moaning and growing going on when guys like uh, Rafael Guerrero and Alex Grimaldo uh, started flying out on Bosmans to you know far flung places in in Europe, and they're like, "Why aren't we getting this?" And I'm like, "Well, you know, you can't tell for sure whether or not we tried and yeah. failed. You know, it's it's entirely possible that that happened, and it's entirely possible that." We either didn't have the money to get their wage demands, or Juventus just aren't a particularly attractive destination this summer for guys like you know Grimaldo, who who was you know just a part of a team that kind of sort of ripped us to shreds this year. Yeah. So i I think that it's I also I just think that it's good to that that we're kind of dipping into the the Italian backyard again and finding these guys that are. That, that can be like solid performers because we haven't been really doing that. You know, there was, a, there was a time when we were kind of ironing the rest of Serie A, but that has not been the case for a, for a while because, you know, Andrea Agnelli and, and the rest of his board started, you know, going, you know, trying to, to hit home run signings instead of building the team up. And, you know, I, I think that that team building is going to be, the name of the game the next couple of years to build a team that can work together and play together and hopefully sooner rather than later get coached by a guy that actually will coach them as a team instead yeah. of just you know but yeah that that to me is the is a is a really big sign that maybe the 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 front office is now looking at this and going hmm let, let's address these yeah because there's there's just such a of all the places on this team, that's the one that needed work. And center back probably as well, a little bit. But the, the potential of acquiring some fullbacks for realsies this time makes me very happy. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I mean, you just look at the situation the way it is now. Obviously, Alexandro, his age, his diminishing skills, he's better suited to be in the position that he played most of the season this past year as a, as a center back in a three-man back line. There's also a lot of chatter going on that Alexandro is not going to be back next season, uh, even though his, his appearance clause reportedly kicked in and he's got another year on his contract. Uh, obviously, the contract extension talks with Juan Cuadrado, depending on who you read, are either very much unlikely or not happening at this point. Uh, the always lovable Matei de Chiglio is the long-term injury. So there's yeah. basically Juventus entered last season playing with a four-man back line. There's three of your fullbacks right there that are 
either gone or <laughs> out for much of the season, if not all yeah. of the season. And, you know, pretty much uh, the only viable person to play wingback right now on the left is Philip Kostic or Samuel Ailing Jr. And then there's not really anybody on the right. And yeah. guess what? We're not including Federico Chiesa in there because he's not a wingback. Because he's, he's not a wingback. And, and I'd like to not consider Federico Chiesa in there because we shouldn't be playing a wingback system with Federico Chiesa on the team. <laughs> or if we are, we should at least be playing it in the 3-4-3 so that he can actually be a winger and do, do his thing. I'm wondering if we're going to see him start tomorrow in the third place game for the Nations League and see whether or not that, uh, if he starts and just like kind of goes, you know, turns into the Chiesa that we all know and love while playing on that kind of, uh, as, as in the position that he's supposed to play in, then somebody has to go to Turin and throttle Max and just be like, look, see. That that's what he does. That's what you need to let him do. Wasn't Max at uh, Covertiano the other day doing some teaching? Yeah, uh, destroying the future of Italian football <laughs> by trying to teach them his, his tactics. Why am I why am I not surprised you had that kind of reaction to Max <laughs> teaching the next generation of coaches? Like this is Catanasio. Look at it. Yeah, that, yeah. It, it it it. I mean, I I don't see what he has to teach at this point. That is positive. <laughs> you know, if this was him set, if this was him ten years ago. Then I would say, actually, yeah, no, that that would be that wouldn't be a bad lecture to sit through. Now I'm just like, you know, a lecture on Corto Musso. I don't want to, <laughs> I, I don't want any, I don't want any Italian coach coming up learning that. Shit. That is basically what a lot of the uh, responses on social media were like. It's like Corto yeah. Musso. This is how we do yeah. things, Corto Musso. And and the other thing is that I've I've like you know like I said before it. Allegri is not a guy that can make a team that that makes a team better anymore. He he's very much an individualistic manager. He's like, you know, if this was, you know, if this was the NBA, he'd just be running ISOs for his best guys every play, every trip down the floor. I mean, honestly, that that is a great comparison. Knowing how Juventus, a lot of Juventus's goals are basically out of one dude doing something cool. Yeah, and that's, you know, I've had. I've had comment wars on the blog recently with certain people. And and one that I just don't understand is, is this idea, and, and not only on the blog, but in other places too. And I'm, th th this idea that, you know, your aggregate talent level is your ceiling and you cannot go beyond that is this is such a pervasive idea, at least amongst Juventus fans, maybe just Italian fans in general. And I'm like, Okay, so how did the 11-12 season happen? Because I'll tell you what, that Milan team was a hell of a lot more talented than we were, and, and we beat them for the title. You know, we beat a hell of a lot. We beat a couple teams that were a hell of a lot more talented than we were to get to the World Cup, to get to World Cup finals, uh, Champions League finals. Or I, I've, I've also po uh, pointed out the Euro 16 Italy team for that because you know that was the worst Italy team that ever went to a major tournament and they would have made it made the semifinals if a bunch of people weren't really stupid about their penalty kicks. Emanuele Giaccherini was getting run on that team. Emanuele Giaccherini was not just getting run on that team, he was one of the best performers that that <laughs> tournament. <laughs> Stefano Storaro was on that team. He was. God. 
Now, now I'm just going to be thinking of this Dorado gif of him saving the goal against yeah. Real Madrid. Yeah, right. And Storaro was on that team. We were running the the front line was Graziano Pele, Eder, and they, they were kind of running Lorenzo Insigne around somewhere. Yeah, it was. I, I remember I actually wrote a long form. Uh, I was as part of the Bleacher Report coverage team for the for that Euro. It was one of my last things uh, that I did at Bleacher Report before I got laid off. And I wrote a long form piece about Emanuele Giacchini and how he and Conte were like a really had had made such a good team at at Juve and at. Uh, but the 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 point is that a good coach can take a a team that is not as talented and through his efforts make them more than the sum of their parts and make them more competitive. You look at a guy like uh, you look at Roberto De Zerbi. At Brighton and Hove, like Brighton and Hove, who thought that they were going to finish in the top six this year? You know, that's the kind of thing that that a good coach can do. But because of the way Allegri coaches, and he is so reliant on that, you know, that individual, the, the individual moment of moments of brilliance to to turn games, and and seems to think that that's the way that that the game should be played that we don't, we end up worse. We ended up worse than the sum of our parts this year, I think by a, by a fairly big margin. You know, you talk about how, you know, we, we would have been third without the penalty. If this team had been coached better, would we have been comfortably second? Would we have been challenging Napoli the whole way without the penalty? Who knows? But what I do know is I see the five one against Napoli I see getting absolutely eviscerated by by Benfica before those two late goals put lipstick on a pig. That that's what I see. And you know, the other stuff is you know, when when it works and when the guys do do the cool stuff, it's nice and we get the points out of it. But ultimately, you can be better than that. And that that's where I, I look at Allegri and I, I just think that his coaching is so deficient these days. That is Sam's long way of saying, why couldn't you have taken Saudi Arabia's money? It's really? But the other thing about it is that he didn't used to be this way. No. You know, in that first tenure, up until Cardiff, that was not who he was. He was, he, he could make a team better than the sum of its parts. He could pull some weird ass tactical idea out of his out of the nether regions and you know be one really bad decision by P- by Patrice Evra away from from beating Bayern Munich in their house with you know half his team injured. You know, he started Hernanes that game. <laughs> he used to do this. And he has changed and now he does not. And that's the weird part, and that's the part that I think, that's the thing that frustrates me the most, is that this difference is there, and it's plain as day. And it's just, we're not the team that we could be under him anymore. Yeah. I just, I've thought about this a few times since the season has ended. I just wonder, obviously, we've we've heard reports about players being disgruntled, about the way Max plays and his tactics and 
unfortunately, those are some of the club's better players uh, easily. Mm-hmm. I just wonder in terms of recruitment, how much this really just kind of this, you know, try and grind out one nothing results every single game, no matter if it's with Europe or without Europe next season, is really just going to be like, okay, we could be interested in player X. We can be in, interested in player Y. They could be Italian. They could be South American, whatever. But then you just see the way that Juventus has played the last two years. And it's just like, I don't know, man, <laughs> if it comes down to choosing Juventus or choosing hell throw Juventus or Inter, I guess. I don't know. I'm just yeah. trying to think of a comparable. Hell, Juventus or Lazio. Like, yeah. Like, I mean, you, you know, we, hell, right before we hit record, I saw, I saw that, you know, Fabiano Parisi, who Juventus has been linked to a lot over the last couple of days. Lazio almost want him and be like, okay, well, we could maybe sign him as potential competition for Luca Pellegrini, or we're hoping that, you know, maybe he follows the same kind of path as Luca Pellegrini, where, you know, he signs with Lazio, playing time isn't guaranteed, and he basically fights for a spot in the starting lineup. Yeah. If you're a player and thinking, well, you know, you don't really have an attachment to a club. Uh, you know, you're not, say, a Nicolo Fagioli or Fabio Moretti who grew up at Juventus or grew up at any any certain club that's that's big name. You know, are you are you leaning towards playing a better style or are you just going like, okay, I'm going to be the one who helps Juventus come back, you know, at least in a small part. So I don't know. I mean, that and that's the thing is like, I've also thought about, you know, is is this season, yeah, Juventus aren't the ones, aren't ones to fire coaches in the middle of a season, but could the 2023-24 season be the one where it's like, okay, you know, Juventus are not playing well, Allegri is still doing the same thing, you know, there's no Europe, you know, our our hopes pretty much just hinge on where we finish in the table at this point. Is this when we bite the bullet and be like, okay, we've got one year after this one of Max's contract. We can eat that rather than right now, basically, there's two years left and a lot of money. I mean, obviously, we both hope that that change became official days ago. Yeah. But right. could could this season be like, okay, we're more than halfway through. Could that be the time? And who knows? We're We're trying to get in the minds of people who we've never talked to we only talk about from thousands of miles afar yeah but i don't know i i feel like boy there's if if things go go bad again there's there's got to be a change because like 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 i mentioned a few weeks ago how many more half empty stadiums social media stuff just more dings to the reputation can john elkin just sit back and take because Lord knows, I've been following F1 for more, you know, more and more over the last year. Ferrari ain't helping in terms of the John Elkin reputation meter. So no, it's funny. <laughs> there was a Sports Illustrated. There was a Sports Illustrated piece too about how Ferrari was like thinking about like you know taking a step forward this year, and then no, that that has not happened. No, a lot of it comes down to you know we had this discussion a couple of days ago. Just how much does John care about Juventus? apart from, you know, being a, you know, whatever level of fan he is, you know, from from, the, from a business standpoint, does he really care? You know, Juve is something of a drop in the bucket when it comes to export. 
you know, also whether or not he kind of and, and or is is he if he is, you know, getting a little bit more hands on with Juventus, is he coming from that kind of perspective of the the particular kind of Juve fan who says, oh, no, he's he's taken us to two finals. He can do this. And just, you know, working on pedigree as opposed to reality. That's a, that's the that's a thing that I think is is a major is becoming more and more is that the the, the few people that are leaving that are giving Allegri the benefit of the doubt here the the minority I wouldn't hey, maybe not few but the the minority I would say of the people that are giving Allegri the benefit of the doubt here are working off his pedigree as opposed to what is happening now. And I've I've said this before, but you know, without the penalty, we're third this year. Is that because we got better, or is that because the rest of the league's bar Napoli took a step back to us? I guarantee you, it's the latter. Well, just just look how things were. Juventus were playing like crap for how many months, and they were still in second place. Yeah, we would have, you know, again removing the penalty from the equation, we would have had only two more points than last season. And we scored fewer goals in the league yeah. than we did last year. So I'm not seeing any sort of improvement. And you have to, you know, you have to look at the results now. And, you know, it's it's funny because this sport really is the ultimate what have you done for me lately sport when it comes to managers. You have the ridiculous ones like Maurizio Zamparini when he was in charge of Palermo. But, but you look at all the... You know, I mean, you look at what happened to Western McKennie at Leeds. He yeah. had three different managers in the space of six you read, months. You read my mind. And it is the ultimate one. What have you done for me lately? Position in in sports, really. And we're looking at what Max has done for us lately, and we seem okay with it. <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. make it, it. It's very un Juventus like to to look at how mediocre this team has been. And you can't just call it on players at this point. Yeah. You know, is there a case that some players should have been playing better? Sure. But this this really does come down to style at this point because you're just not getting the most out of these players. Well, you mentioned goal scored, and I want to mention one other name before we get out of here. Uh, since we've we've dedicated all our time to the the rumors, and I'll throw one more rumor out there or I guess two technically is two because we heard at the end of last week that Juventus didn't want to <laughs> put forward the buy option for Arik Milik. And then all of a sudden, a few days ago, we heard that Juventus want to hang a U-turn and are going back in for Arik Milik. Are you cool with Juventus going back for Arik Milik? Yes. At reasonable numbers, I am because he is workmanlike when he does go on a hot streak he will he can score he will score goals in bunches like we saw at the beginning of the year before he got hurt he works hard he wouldn't he doesn't look like he would be if by some miracle dushan vlahovic remains at juventus or if you know we we pick up a, a hot shot like hoyland or somebody like that to replace him he he does not look like he has a problem with being the role player striker with being, you know, a, a a backup, and he's also he's not that old. <laughs> you know, I had a had a bit of an argument with a, a buddy of mine yesterday. Not not an argument. It was really more of a debate. It was very respectful. 
about, you know, would you pay the 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 fee for Millick, which is actually really nominal, or would you pick up Bobby Firmino for free? And I'm like, well, Millick is a couple of years younger than Firmino. Firmino looks kind of cooked. Let's be real. And, you know, Millick, he's he's played hard. He's he's a, a potential free kick taker, which is not something to sneeze at. Although maybe not penalty penalty kick taker. Not penalties, but 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 on the DFKs, he's he's shown that he's quite good at them. And I just yeah, I, I would do I would do that. He's a hard worker. He is ready to to do whatever he needs, whatever he's told to needs to be done. So yeah, I'm I am down with Millet coming back. I was a little bit disappointed when the first uh things came out, especially since the options were like what, seven million? It is yeah. a really nominal fee. So I I I would I would absolutely be okay with with Arik Millet coming back. Yeah, I have a feeling this is going to be the kind of deal that we, in terms of acquisitions, we might have to get used to yeah. this summer, where it's like, you know, guys who maybe have, you know, kind of kind of in the Castagna mold as well, is where it's like guys who are, you know, maybe 27, 28, 29 years old, have yeah. some Serie A experience, left Serie A a few years ago, didn't have the best of times, obviously, in, in Castagna's case, it's his team is a show and gets relegated. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you could potentially get them on the cheap because as much as it is about Juventus trying to generate funds, remember, it's not necessarily the profit, you know, as, you know, to circle back today on Kulusevsky, it's not the 30 million that Juventus gets. It's just that, what is it? The positive impact or whatever, yeah, positive, positive financial, financial impact, not, we can't call them plus Valencia anymore because that those are yeah. bad. Those are bad. Positive economic effect. There that's, we go. There we uh, go. That's the translated. Uh... <laughs> so it, it's it is that number that counts, not not the you know the headliner of thirty million. So um, yeah. you know it it to to harken back to kind of when Juventus were last really down bad a little over a decade ago and Bep, Bep Morata showed up. These you know Milik maybe compare Millic to a Fabio Quagliarella type kind of deal yeah, where, it's, or a where it's a low cost, you know, he'll get you 10 or so goals, maybe a little more. He'll, he'll be solid for a good chunk of the season. Maybe you don't expect him to drop off for the second half of the season or in, in Fabio's case, have his knee explode, but yeah. you know, he'll, 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 he'll do the job more often than not. And, yeah. Yeah. uh, oh, was, I mean, I, I feel like that. I feel like that comparison's a little unfair on Quagliarella because he was edging into star man territory before his knee exploded. You know, the way that he was playing that first half of that year was was something. I'm I'm not doc- talking about maybe not the player, but more so the way the deal is. Yeah, no, where, yeah, where, yeah. where it's you know it's not a it's not a Hoyland for sixty million euros. It's right, you know, somebody who. You know, it's essentially kind of like Millic had this year, you know, a, a prove it kind of year where it's like, okay, we've got a lowish kind of fee. And if you if you do good enough, picking it up doesn't seem like the worst thing in the world. Yeah. You've got a you've got a money ball at this year. Yeah. This this is the money ball year. And and I think this is why the you know, the whole thing with De Laurentiis and Gentoli is is such a <laughs> is so annoying right now because 
you know, one of the reasons that we ended up where we were, especially at the beginning of the streak, is because Beppe Marotta came in and found, you know, your Vidals and your Licksteiners, you know, your guys that were, you know, not hugely expensive, but who who made immediate impacts on on your team and found those those you know to use the moneyball phrase the market inefficiencies and, and then we we took off and that is the thing that Gentoli you know you look at so much about this season for Napoli winning the winning this title was about those kinds of signings it was about the Quarchelias and the Kiminjais of the world and and you know another um my my good friend marcella at the club always bemoans this you know the dealer the giovanni di lorenzo's of Roshi, at least a half dozen times the uh, a season bemoans the fact that we missed out on di lorenzo and he ended up going to to empoli uh, to, to from empoli to to napoli you know th- those are the kinds of signings that gentoli is very good at those are the kinds of signings that we need right now. And because De Laurentiis is being is being a butt, we we aren't coming into this transfer window with the guy that we want who can do those things. So yeah, it could be a it could be a really frustrating transfer window. You know, none of us were expecting anything huge this year, but it's also we're gonna be, you know, we're gonna have to work around the margins and hope that what we've got. Will will bring us to where we where we want to go and get us into the top four next year. We mentioned it to each other before we hit record here, but I, I'm guessing things might not be on relatively good standing in Naples these days, seeing as there are reports that uh, Mr. Gentoli found out about <laughs> Napoli hiring uh, their new manager, our old boy uh, Rudy Garcia. By that, that, I'm sorry that made that made me laugh. Hey, he he found he found out on social media. So not, not just that, but the fact that they hired him in the first place. Yes, yes. Like of all the people that you hire for that, Rudy Garcia. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull out my phone here because I texted him after it happened, and not to uh, drop Casey Detoti too much, but one last time for today, I texted uh, the Danny equivalent over at Casey Detoti Bren, who we've had a few times on over the years. And uh, when I told him that it was Rudy Garcia, he had one word, and I quote, "Wow!" So, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go. the The latest thing I saw about Gentoli is that he will be meeting De Laurentiis quote in the coming days. That is from Corriere di, Corriere di Torino. Yeah. So ho- hopefully, there's some good news from a Juventus point of view to come out of that. No, no offense yeah. to Gio- Giovanni Mana, but we need. Uh, we yeah. need to I mean, see. Uh, he must be. I mean, he must be furious right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what what it must be like at, at Napoli right now to 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 see, and what it must be like to be a Napoli fan right now to go from this amazing high, your first title in thirty years, and a really great run in the in the Champions League, and watch this this owner who is just gonna rip it all down because his ego <laughs> like it's it's amazing to me you know i you know it happens so often the guy at the very top doesn't want the guys below him getting the credit so he wipes it out with him yep well uh we will we'll wrap things up on that rudy garcia 
centric note. Uh, thank you all. <laughs> thank you all for listening again this week. Hopefully we've got uh, one or two more of the crew back here uh, this time next week as you, you listen to uh, another another round of the show. So uh, if you do want to listen to us every week, feel free to do so by subscribing on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. If you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please give us a nice five-star rating uh, and a review because those ratings do help and we appreciate them as always. So for Sam, I guess for Sergio, I guess for Chucks, but definitely for Producer Couch, this is Danny saying thank you very much for listening and we will talk to you guys with more transfer rumors next week. <laughs>